My name is Craig Pickett. I'm an executive recruiter. More than a decade ago, I started my practice for one purpose, to use my experience as a former military aviator, business jet sales executive, and P&L leader to help aviation and aerospace companies and their executives be fast, adaptable, and strategic. I do these podcasts to inspire and inform, but more importantly, they are a focused platform to help business leaders grow. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. I am uh, thrilled to have Kempen Clute with me from San Antonio. Kempen is with Kusi Aerospace, and Kusi is spelled C-U-S-I. Its website is cusi-aero.com. Kusi is a uh, engineering and program management company. It supports airlines, small OEMs, MROs, and VIP operators throughout the country. And uh, they're based in San Antonio, Texas. So, uh, Kempen, welcome to the uh, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Craig, for having me, and appreciate the opportunity to to talk to you. Thanks for coming on board. So, you guys have uh, you've seen obviously COVID has presented some new and uh, new and unusual challenges for the airlines, and you guys have come up with some pretty good solutions as far as you know, you touchless, personless. Um, technology-driven security and health, I don't say health security type products and measures. So, hey, look, let's let's talk about kind of what, what you're seeing in the market, what you're developing, and and take it from there with some of the, the products and uh, technologies you guys are, are bringing on board. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, I'm going to back it up a little bit and, and kind of start with where we started looking at this, right? And obviously me and my business partners, we, we all have well over 30 years experience in this industry. And, and unfortunately, the, the COVID um, deal and the impact that it's having on our industry is not our first rodeo. Um, I think we've all been around through no. the 9-11 event and, and how that have revolutionized our industry from a securities perspective, right? And and lo and behold, you know, how many years later on comes COVID and, and again um, is going to revolutionize our industry. Yeah, but, uh, but this time really on a global scale um, from, a, from a health perspective, right? And, and so we kind of looked at, when we looked at what we want to do, because I believe from, from our perspective, we, we felt Every company has a moral obligation to seek some type of solution, you know, that can prevent us from having to go through something like this again in the future. Mm-hmm. So um, we looked at and said, let's look at what was done during 9-11 and how are we going to react with coming up with a similar type of, you know, non-invasive type of system that provides a high level of liability uh, or, or prevents a liability on the, on the operator side, but provides them with a high level of um, equipment that can give them a system that they can rely on um, as a, as a layer def- one of their layer defense systems. And I think you're going to see a lot of that stuff, those type of systems being rolled out. And that's really what we used as the premises for our, for our system. And so we developed what we call the, the Nightingale system. Um, and 
you know, filed a patent last year, July, um, for our Nightingale system, which basically allows for um, thermal imaging, temperature reading, contact tracing, and facial recognition on, on aircraft. And that's, that's basically the premises of what our system would, would be able to do. And so it's a non-invasive system that would be able to detect anyone that potentially walks through the doorway of an aircraft, um, whether that be a flight crew member, a maintenance personnel, uh, passengers, the, the cleaners, the caterers, potentially anyone that walks through the, the, the cabin door would get scanned um, inside the cabin um, for, for elevated temperature. And that's, that's basically our Nightingale system. So it's what well, yeah, so elevated temperature. So obviously we're talking about it. it's a thermal management system above the doorway of the of the of the airplane, or when you come in, probably above the galley opposite the doorway. That's so right. it's it's got a you know, and then everybody comes in. So obviously, you know, everybody right now it's COVID, but quite frankly, it could be you know the flu. Nobody wants to travel with anybody with the flu. It could be you know, some sort of other communicable disease coming from overseas. So obviously now you've got somebody who's spotlighted or highlighted, you know, or, you know, however you want to, uh, you know, discuss it. And then the cabin crew could take them aside and either they go through secondary screening or, you know, don't take the flight. Is that kind of the way, is that kind of the way it's, it's all working? That's right. So our system gets installed in the ceiling panels, right, right above every doorway. So every every door would actually have a dedicated camera pointing towards that entry. Uh-huh. Uh, Seven three seven would have four four cameras, um, and it's an alerting system. And so the, the the person or the passenger or crew member or whoever would walk through that doorway in the system would then. Um, be detected whether that person actually has elevated temperatures. Um, you know, we've aligned ourselves with a very well-known um, entity that has got a strong reputation um, in the in the industry as far as thermal imaging. They have the technology and they specialize in in the technology of thermal imaging. And and this this is not a fly-by-night company that just quickly. Mm-hmm you know, came on board since COVID started. These guys have got years of background and experience in this. And so the technology that they've developed, you know, allows us to to put a system in the airline's hands. And it, and that's really very important, and we can talk about that. But um, we're now it's a system that's completely hands-free. It's part of the aircraft maintenance. Um, it's It gets calibrated. Um, and that system then would detect if someone has a febrile condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we also didn't just look at COVID. Our system is not a COVID checker. It's not going to tell you, hey, you're positive for COVID. Because mm-hmm. we've looked at just over the past 20 years, you know, COVID is the fifth pandemic-style virus that we've been facing in the past 20 years. And unfortunately, um, you and I both know this is not going to be the last that one that we're yeah. going to be facing. Right. So, but ultimately, what this does, it actually gives the power to the operator. It gives the the the, the flight attendants and the flight crew now a measure where they're not 
where we're not relying on a flight attendant to make a call whether a person's ill or not, but we're giving them an equipment that can actually use, be used as an indicator, which then they can dictate their um, regulations based on that. Well, you could actually say, I mean, the beautiful, beautiful thing is this, is it takes it out of the flight attendant's hands because you ultimately, hey, look, I'm powerless or whatever it is. You know, we have to buy carrier company standards, take you to medical screening. And if you choose to do it, great. If you choose not to, you know, we'll refund your ticket or put you on a different flight or, or whatever else. So it, it, it's probably good that it removes the judgment calls. That's right. The gate. Well, and look, I mean, we know that there's things going to happen on the airport side. Um, but we also recognize where these type of viruses typically originate from, right? And there's whatever we do in the U.S. side, on the airport side, we're not going to see the exact same stuff being rolled out overseas. Mm. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of these things typically come from. Mm. And so um, one big benefit out of this, it absolutely um, helps the airline or the operator to actually reduce their liability um, where they now have a system that's certified, that's installed on their aircraft, that basically record every person that gets through that doorway entry. And, you know, that could be used. We've, we've spoken to a couple of the law firms that represent some of these airlines um, whenever they are faced with lawsuits. But this could potentially help reduce their liability where they now have a system where they'd be able to pull a report from to show that, you know, um, there was 130 passengers on that airplane and none of the passengers that we boarded um, showed any signs of, you know, um, mm-hmm. having a febrile condition, which potentially could then have been contagious or can carry something that could be contagious. Eliminates the liability, eliminates the liability of the airline or anybody putting a claim against them that says, hey, I got it on your airplane when you say, you know, probably not. But let's talk about it even further. I mean, look, you got a face, you got a camera, thermal imaging, but you could also put facial recognition on there so that now you can match pictures against potential international no-fly lists, terrorism. You can, you know, do touchless boarding with, you know, the need for a boarding pass, you know, does the need for a boarding pass go away or the need to take your phone and put it on the, you know, the, the scanner, you know, potentially goes away. You take somebody's picture, put it in the reservation, facial scanning on the airplane, you know, exactly who's sitting in C-27C. You know, it, 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 am I wrong in thinking that there's a whole lot of other benefits to it as well? Oh, I think, <laughs> And, and we've talked about this in the past. It's, I think, the potential for how I believe this is one of those systems that can help revolutionize how we board airplanes. You know, um, the whole aspect from taking temperatures, I think that's just one facet of it. The securities part of it, I mean, there's just a, a, a wide range of opportunities that can that can be implemented and utilized on that perspective. I mean, one of the things we want to do is right after we get the STC issued on the, on the thermal imaging unit, you know, we do plan on actually having discussions with Homeland Security to do exactly that. The technology is there that we'd be able to, to roll out the facial recognition 
And now you'd be able to pull a database or you'd be able to pull that data, run it through a database so that, yeah, I mean, that's, is, you know, you'd be able to, to kind of identify early on who, who has been or who, had, who are boarding an airplane um, from a security's perspective, the contact tracing aspect of it as well. Um, so there's, there's definitely an array of uh, what we see as opportunities of where we want to take this system. And that's why we went, we went with a Nightingale system versus our, our technical term, which obviously our TBPS, our thermal boarding pass system. Um, but it rolls right into what you also said. It's, you know, you, you could, this system would come, you'd basically be boarding and almost we could look at a ticketless boarding um, in the future. You know, that's, yeah, to me, that's the logical thing. Everybody's got a webcam now. You just your laptop or your iPhone or your, you know, your smartphone. Yeah, everybody's doing the reservations online. Buy ticket, takes your picture. You've got ticket matched with picture. All of a sudden now, TSA, the need to see your driver's license and your boarding pass kind of goes away. All you got to do is show your boarding pass. They've got your picture. We'll see you. You can match a bag that goes through security. You know whose bag is whose. That's security. There's no no switching bags. No, and it, and it goes all the way through, you know, the flight until the end. Now there, you know, obviously there's going to be, you know, I think you know, some people will say, yeah, but privacy concerns. You know, my answer there is, hey, look, you know, everybody's taking your picture now in the airport. Uh, there's security cameras everywhere. Your any expectation of privacy when you get on an airplane is sort of. I think, uh, you know, you could say, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll delete the records in you know, six months, 12 months on every flight, but, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, I think any expectation of privacy is probably, um, you know, gone away in today's day and age. Are you, are you, are you guys matching this? Do you, do you have any machine learning programs, AI, that you're matching your Nightingale system to right now? So... We're we're basically fully blown with just. I don't know if you want if I could actually name the company that we're using um, on on this podcast. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. So you know we're 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 basically partnered with Fleer on this and fully utilizing their their system that they've developed. So that is obviously one of the areas that we as we develop this product forward and actually bring other opportunities about using using this system, we'd be working a lot more closely with them with, with developing that for us as well. What's the uh, response? What's the response uh, yeah, from the airlines? Um, you, you know, U.S. Airlines first. I'm, I'm assuming that once, you know, one airline, you know, tell us how, how, you know, what's the interest around the world? So we've so obviously at this stage um, we're focusing on the U.S. on the U.S. side first, um, and we've we've had a discussion with a local well with a U.S. operator um, that absolutely welcomes what our system can bring for them. I mean they they identify the shortcomings of stuff of items that are being implemented on the airport side, um, and definitely see the opportunity as to what can bring this. And what's, what's important for them is the fact that they actually now have a tool which will allow them to react on. You know, if, the, if you look at 
and, and what they what they told us is there's there's two parts to this. There's the one part about okay, giving making sure that passengers feel comfortable and, and safe and, and secure on airplanes. Um, and then there's the the other part of uh, about the, the regulatory portion of it, right? And what actually what what allows them to act on certain things. And so um, what this operator said was for them it's big that because passengers react different to what you tell them that you're doing versus what they actually see you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to the 9-11 event and you look at what what happened on the airplane that made people feel a lot safer was, you know, the fact that they've installed a lockable cockpit door. Some Everybody can see that and no one knows that it's mm-hmm. gonna, it's not going to be as easy to go and breach that, that cockpit right. door. And so... Passenger that gives passengers a sense of security. Mm-hmm. So you can tell you can tell passengers until you're blue in the face how much you're cleaning the airplane, but that's not something they see. And you can tell them, well, the air is circulated through a special filtering system. Well, that's not something they see. But now that they have a device on the airplane which passengers can actually see. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to give them, make them feel a lot better about, okay, you know what, at least the guy or the person that's sitting next to me, whom I don't know anything about, um, you know, have gone through a system that had showed that that person doesn't particularly yep. have, a, have a condition. And on the regulatory side is, you know, if, if, you look at the, if you look at it from a, we all know that you're not allowed to smoke on an airplane but you have these smoke detectors in the lavatory. And the fact that there's a smoke detector, that allows the, the, them to take advantage of the regulation that's written that forbids smoking on an airplane. So now you, you have a system that can detect someone's smoke, mm-hmm. which allows them to act on it. Um, where, and that's exactly what our system would do as well, is having a system on the aircraft, you can now, that's SDC and part of the equipment, you can have regulations written to support the reaction and the action that allows the airline to 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 act on it. Right. the uh, The interesting thing is, is yeah, look, the airlines have done a great job. I, I, I yeah, I'll tell you straight out, the airlines probably been you know one of the top performers, and you know, you know, we want you to be safe. We'll make you safe. Originally, it was the middle seat empty. You know, you, you can only do that so much. Masks required. You know, cleaning. You know, now we're talking about a lot of people are talking about we're going to install ionization systems in the cabins, which scrub the air of a lot of particulate that you know is hazardous. So they've done a great they've done a great job. What do you see happening? You know, you know, after nine eleven, we saw you know, like you said, the cockpit doors you know are now reinforced, lockable. Um, security's changed significantly. What do you see happening now? We've been through. MERS, we've been through SARS, we've been through COVID. You know, what do you see the standard being for the airlines in the future? And what do you see the passenger demands being? And how do they meet in the middle? Uh, that's a tough question, right? Because yes, the the problem with that you have with all these viruses. And, and all these items, like you look, you know, Ebola. I mean, they there was just actually there was an article that came out um, about the 
they've had people that tested negative for Ebola, or Ebola, but it had the exact same symptoms as Ebola. And so I think one of the challenges that you're going to have on that the airlines will have, that the airports will have, is how do you, what do you put in place that you would be able to safeguard passengers against any of the few, any future kind of outbreak that potentially come up? And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think passengers are nervous to, your, your average passenger are nervous to take flights. Uh, and and um, that's why I don't believe we've seen the up, the upswing of, you know, returning passengers is what we would have expected to see by now. And it's really just because people are just very nervous to get on airplanes. Um, you know, we've, I've spoken to a colleague of mine which took a flight over the December and he says that there was a passenger that was two seats in front of him and this guy was coughing, putting his lungs out and you could, you could hear it was, it was not because of something he ate. He was visibly like pneumonia. Yeah. And, and so the, he asked one of the flight attendants, how can you guys let this passenger on, on this aircraft? And the flight attendant's response to him was, sir, we, there's nothing that says we're not allowed to put him on the airplane. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and that's going to be the, you know, the new, I, I think, look, the new thing is going to be, you know, you saw in Asia, you know, people are flying with, you know, masks, you know, they, they go into public places, they, they're wearing their masks. Maybe that becomes the norm in Europe and the United States now. People are just, you know, I'm a germaphobe. It's like, hey, look, I wash my hands 20, 20, 20 times a day and, you know, it is what it is. I think it's a little more than, you know, people are afraid to fly. I think it's, you know, really there's nowhere to go. I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, work from home has created this situation where people say, look, let's wait to meet until this thing is over and then I'll host you in my office versus my living room because I really don't want you to see in my living room or you know, I got my dogs or whatever else. So I think there's a whole lot of other things, but I think when it comes back to normal, you, know, you guys are on the right track. What kind of cost is an area? You know, what's the investment, you know, in a system, you know, is it affordable to the airlines to put it on? And do you see that there's going to be some sort of regulate regulatory requirement at some, at some point to, to do it? Um, I'm going to back up, Craig. I'm going to on that previous comment of yours. I think we don't. What new normal is going to look like? That is, <laughs> that's going to be the the challenge of the future, right? What right. is going to be? What is going to be the new normal? Right. Um, and as far as the you know the investment to get this on an on an aircraft. Um, Obviously, we're we're looking at it right at rolling it out based on the the aircraft configuration. So your typical single aisles would have four doors, so that would be a, a four door system. And then, you know, when you get to your more your bigger wide bodies, we're looking at, a, at an eight door system. Um, for the your three your typical four door configuration, we're looking at entering the market at 175k per system um, and mm-hmm. we've we've not at all received any friends on that number so um, or or pushback and and in essence if you look at I think if you look at what could be offset for having this system 
it outweighs that investment. That sure. Investment and so I think that's where where people would see the benefit of it. Obviously, we would love to have this get regulated, um, you know, um, but we we believe that we at, at this stage we're focusing on you know targeting the marketing and the legal side of of these operators because they they understand the need of their company of their entities at this stage. Um, you know, marketing wants to get people on the airplanes, and legal wants to make sure that whatever they put in place. They they're safeguarded, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where that's where we've been focusing on, and on both from both of those those two groups, we've had very positive um, feedback and response because they can see this actually help help the the operator um, get back up and running faster. Um, the and then it comes back to the passenger. It's I think if if you book when you book your flight, you're going to look at what did this operator do? What what did this airline put in place? Mm-hmm. And you know, having the nightingale on on their aircraft should add that level of well, you know, at least at least these guys have gone one step, one step, one step further. That's right. What's the time frame? How how quickly can all this be done and rolled out and started to install? How far out are you? So we've we've actually just had our first prototype manufactured um, about a week and a half ago, and we're building the mock-up as we speak. Um, we're pushing to actually have STC issued by end of April. That's our time frame. Um, so it's pretty quick. Yeah, we've been working on it <laughs> for a while now. Um, obviously, it it's not the fortunate thing is it, it's not a complicated system. Um, the installation, as I said, is very minimum invasive. Uh, it's not quite, not at all an invasive system. Um, and, you know, it's, we're, our, for what we're rolling out, our, our baseline system, um, we, we feel that we're, we're right on target. And you can roll it up into the, I take it all the data is rolled up into an Amazon or Microsoft Cloud. You know, either web services or Azure, or some. You know, I take it is that where the is that where where it's intended for all the uh, the info yeah, so to be stored within the airline so, operations center. That so so basically, initially, what we'll have is each aircraft obviously will get will get a dedicated computer installed where this data would then be would be recorded, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know we we do have a dedicated cloud that um, complies with you know. The, the FAA orders for where data would be stored. So we we are addressing the security aspect of this as well. Awesome. No, I love it. So what's the most exciting thing? So other than the uh, the Nightingale system, what's the most exciting thing you're seeing as far as STCs go into airplanes? Um, within this category, it's different. I think the ionization is, yeah. is, is a big is a big thing. Um, definitely would, would also, it's going to carry a lot of weight um, when it comes to this. Um, do those systems start to get rolled out between your system and then ionization systems? Do those start to I get lined? the ionization system has been starting to roll out. Do you start to see those get line fitted at Boeing and Airbus as, you know, as new airplanes come uh, online? Do you think that's a reality? I think eventually it will. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, I've not been involved in that, so I can't say how far they are with that um 
obviously from our perspective on the Nightingale system, that is that was one of the desires that that this operator that we're talking to have expressed um, whether we would be coordinating or whether we'd be able to collaborate with the OEM mm-hmm. so that our system can get installed at the OEM. And and I think ultimately that's where a lot of these solutions would, would drive towards, you know, start to get them installed at the OEM level. Yeah. When is your, so you're saying end of April, you're going to start to see the STC approved and then immediately yeah. you'll start to roll it on to, Rolled exactly. on airplanes. Is that kind of the time, the time frame? So May, June, July, kind of end of summer. That's right. That's exactly it. There you go. Well, look, let's do this. Let's uh, let's call it here, and then come back on in May when you've got the STC done, and we can talk about really the you know sort of the the interest the airlines are having and how you're rolling it out and how it moves forward. Is that is that a good is that a good 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 place to leave it? No, that would be perfect. I appreciate it. again. Appreciate having me on. I love no. Look, I think I think the whole thing. You know, one thing it is, yeah. You know, the one thing the pandemic is really showing is where there's opportunities for companies to shine in the aviation aerospace place. You know, a lot of folks are like, "Hey, look, it's it's all doom and gloom or crisis." Now everybody's starting to see a little bit better. But I love I love the stories like your small businesses are kind of coming out and saying, "Hey, look, we've got some opportunities to do it better." So. Kevin, how do people find you? Well, so, you know, the easiest is obviously through our website. Um, there is a contact um, section on our website. Otherwise, they could um, contact me directly. Uh, my email is kflute at kusi-aero.com. And, um, and my phone number is, my direct phone number is 512-470-7574. But any of those methods would work. And Kusi is cusi-aerospace.com. Kusi-aero.com. Kusi-aero.com. My apologies. Yes, that's right. Cool. Very good. Let's uh, let's come back at the end of April once the STC is all done. I'll look forward to hearing about your success. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.